0: Welcome to the Teeny Hello, Virginia Nation. Welcome to Virginia Snomics, our journey to building an open and inclusive world for challenging the status quo. Many people on the autism spectrum struggle to get socialized or access opportunities in education and workforce. Social robotics is a possible way to tackle this problem, but how is challenging to make it truly adaptive and flexible across different environments? Today I present an excerpt from a conversation with Aida Nazari from LuxiI, developing social robots for kids on the autism spectrum. We talk on neurodiversity, social and expressive robotics challenges of development and adoption
1: the field of human robot interaction and social robotics and then this platform gives them this possibility to be a part of this community and then they are putting a lot of like input in the community in the sense that they are constantly developing new approaches validating and testing new methods of interaction with people using a robot so they bring a lot of that added value in terms of what we are doing and in terms of what needs to be done in the future steps so from the technical point what we have to develop in the further stage how we have to for example increase the capacities of the robot to be a more useful tool um, in the field of social robotics as well so basically when it comes to the differentiation of these two type of potential customers that we have so one of them which is the researchers basically they need a platform they need a tool that they can implement their own research so basically exactly in the same way that the people use a laptop or a computer to develop codes and develop their own for example like software Qt is exactly the same for the for the researchers so it's a tool that is very very flexible that can be used as a platform that they can implement their own ideas, their own research, their own software and codes and everything. In the other side, we have like some kind of like a more uh, end user oriented product, which is dedicated for children with autism and special need. That the difference with that one is that on top of the robot itself platform to deliver these trainings there is some kind of like a built-in content and curriculums in a sense that for example we have some content dedicated to social skills some to earlier stage development of the children and some to for example understanding and um, being able to react to emotions in themselves and in the other people around them so the difference between these two is somehow that the end user Product that we have comes with some kind of like a more um, researched and uh, developed content that can be used right out of, of the box. But then in the research side, it's more of a platform that they have to decide that okay, what I want to do with this platform rather than having something which is plug and play for the researchers.
0: Talking about your customers, it's more about uh, institutions for instance, uh, research institutions, or uh, do you work with individual researchers and educators
1: as well? So basically, for these two type of product that we have, normally the customer for the research platform are universities and research organizations. So there are a lot of, like, PhD students, postdocs, and, for example, researchers, which they focus on human-robot interaction. So they are the customers for the for the research platform, and they are, as I said, they are often working in an institution, and organization such as the university. On the other side, the platform for the autism. So far, we have been just delivering it to the somehow um, a specialized organizations, so they can be, for example, hospitals working with children with autism, or for example, like um, a specialized autism center or a schools which are providing trainings for children with special need education and autism. So the majority of them are also, for example, they can be private organizations, just basically like a few therapists and educators working together, or some of them are bigger organizations and this autism service delivery is a part of this bigger organization. Now, we, what we have seen in the last uh basically four or five years that we are working in this domain we also see a lot of interest from individuals such as parents in a sense that for example like they have a child with autism or uh neurodevelopmental disorder at home that they want to somehow like be able to do something with the child at home and then provide some kind of like a extra education at home so this was something that we were not um At the beginning, considering as the first step of our product, because we wanted to make sure that it's first used in a, let's say, professional setup, to make sure that it's robust enough, that it has some kind of like a good impact on the children, and then move toward providing it also at home for the parents. But then uh, with this condition that happened, that you see that, for example, among all in this older time that is this quarantine and then basically the business is not as usual for for the children so they cannot attend the school they cannot attend uh, to their normal uh, training sessions we are also considering to basically um, increase the speed of development of the parent version of the robot so basically it can be a tool that in situations like this, I think it would be very impactful that the education of the children doesn't stop. So basically at home the parents can contribute in teaching something while the child is not able to attend the professional setup.
0: I often deal with teams who build uh, solutions in such areas like neuromuscular disorders or complex solutions uh, for mental health. And based on my exploration and exploration of my colleagues, one of the challenges of such startups and technology teams is not only build a uh, sufficient uh, solution or product, bar, but some some challenges of adoption, in particular hospitals, institutions or education of market or professionals so I would love to ask you uh, talking about social robots and social robots for autism spectrum is it more challenging to creating a sufficient a product or adoption itself and evangelism of this product across the market across parents and families or institution is challenging thing as well
1: I think Both of them are quite challenging because in order to come up with the idea and then be able to develop like a product that has really like added values for the users, it's it's quite challenging because especially in this field you need like a very interdisciplinary uh, group of collaborators in a sense that on one side you have like the people who are specialized in robotics and AI and technology and software development and then they are creating a solution, which is for a very, very specific and knowledge intensive uh, domain. And in order to address that, it's very important and quite challenging to bring a lot of like especially work hand in hand with these basically more technical people. So often it takes a lot of time to assemble such a team and then make sure that these teams communicate well together. And then what is developed by the technical people is exactly what is expected from the domain experts in the field. So from the technology point and then developmental point, it's quite challenging to reach to this uh, basically interdisciplinary collaboration and make sure that the solution has really like added values to be adapted in the domain. And then when it comes to the uh, basically commercialization and putting such products in the market, this is also another a big challenge so i see it from like a variety of different uh, perspectives in a sense that when you talk about for example children who are uh, dealing with some kind of like either med- medical condition or uh, educational condition often they are uh, accepted into some kind of like a very highly um, a standardized um, environment in a sense that for example when we talk about schools and then When we talk about, for example, hospitals, there is layers of layers of decision making and implementation that is implemented there to make sure that everything is, for example, like uh, ethical and it's, for example, like evidence-based. So basically, it's very difficult to pop up into a a school or a hospital and say that I have a solution, which is a robot that, for example, you have never heard about it, but it's going to change your life. And then there is a lot of different type of procedures put in place to make sure that this big system is running. So basically making an innovation and uh, changing the workflow of like the people in the field of healthcare and education is not the easiest thing, for for example, for a company to do. But the thing is that you have to be somehow open, because at the beginning you have to be very open to actually let them to see the product themselves and then let them to actually work with it to see the added values themselves. So it's very difficult to tell them that, okay, I have a robot, you have to buy it without knowing what it does for you. But often you need some kind of like several years of allowing the end users and allowing the specialists in the field to actually work with it. So they can reach to the conclusion that, okay, by using this solution, I will have a lot of like added values and it can facilitate my work, it can improve my workflow. So it's very important to keep in mind that this part is very important to consider that you don't uh, necessarily have to do like a normal and traditional sales method that is for a lot of different technologies, but this is more about a starting uh, more in-depth collaborations with the end users and then make sure that they themselves reach to the conclusion that okay I need this solution for my work rather than you start pitching them over and over about that okay this will help you in this way.
0: Currently almost every family or institution uh, are affected by COVID-19 and there is no any depth that Uh, the whole situation will affect how we uh, treat distant learning uh, how we think about adaptive learning social robotics flipping classroom and other technologies based on your exploration in your data do you see a growing interest in social robotics currently and social robots for special needs education in particular
1: I think um, this condition, even though that it was um, basically very sad in terms of like seeing that how it's disturbing the life of like uh, people in a variety of levels, but then it was like a point that I think it was like eye opening for a lot of like, for example, industries and a lot of people that. Uh, why digitalization and then why using technology is so important and then why the community has to invest in developing and using such solutions not only in terms of like the financial contribution but in terms of like being open-minded to basically adapt and accept the implementation of such technologies in the daily work of all of these people. So basically how I see it is that Before, a lot of people thought that, for example, for e-learning and for using digital solutions in healthcare and in education, we have a lot of time. So there is no rush in terms of, for example, like accepting this solution. But you see that because of this condition, immediately there was a switch from, like, for example, face-to-face interaction to using a lot of technologies for distant learning and, for example, virtual education. So it really, like, increased the speed of adaptation in a lot of like different domains and also for example in Europe I see that there is a lot of like call for proposals from the government and from the EU Commission in terms of development and in implementation and deployment of using for example deployment of the robots in healthcare and education which is really triggered by uh, the current situation that we see so I think, think it was quite like eye-opening in terms of that um, a lot of times we really need to um, be more open-minded and be more acceptant to using technology, just because we never know what would be the next situation similar to this that happens, so we have to be somehow hands-on with the technology in order to be able to perform in these kind of situations.
0: How did epidemic affect your ideation process? Maybe you came up with additional ideas, features, which were added to your roadmap.
1: So uh, you mean uh, the situation of the COVID-19? Yes, yes. Yeah, so as I said, for us, we had this um, um, development and release of the parent version of the Q2 robot for autism let's say for example by for the end of the tw- 2021 or beginning of 2022 but then with the current situation we thought that uh, this is one of the critical things that we need to do if you want to create an impact so there is a lot, lot of like children which are currently at home they are not receiving a lot of uh, support from the professionals and then what i hear from talking with a lot of like parents who they have a child with uh, autism or they have a child with um, neurodevelopmental de- delays, they they are extremely committed and uh, willing to actually support the children and help them. But the problem is that they don't know where to start and they don't know how to do it. So we thought that we really have to uh basically increase the pace of development for this at home version and then bring it more uh closing in terms of like the pipeline of the development and release of the products that we have.
0: Uh, currently, there is a significant trend of robotics packages which allow kids or young uh, adults uh, to build um, some kind of a robotics or, or other things in order to learn particular skills, learn engineering or coding. Uh, did you think about idea, maybe uh, special robots or packages for uh, special needs that help uh, kids to learn maybe uh, soft skills or social skills? Mm-hmm.
1: So that's, uh, I see it as like a very wonderful idea in a sense that by using robots and this kind of especially DIY robots, not only you improve like the technical and, for example, like, like software and hardware skills of the children, but you give them some kind of like opportunity to train their critical thinking and problem solving. So I think it's absolutely wonderful to have this kind of like cool kids for the kids to play with, but in our particular case, the basically idea and the core of like the solution that we wanted to build was not really aligned with some kind of like a DIY kits. So first of all was that the idea of the robot was something high end and durable in a sense that our expectation is that, for example, once a robot goes to a hospital or to a a special educational needs center. It needs to be able to work, let's say, eight hours per day, as long as the school is functional and children are receiving these trainings. So for us, it was really important to make sure that we are delivering like a solution, which out of the box it's ready to use. So basically, they have to just plug it in and then start providing the trainings. But also very, very robust and durable. So. In order to reach to these type of functionalities, for us it was not very suitable to, for example, ask the end users to basically assemble and develop their own robot. And also, often the kids that um, currently we are targeting with Qt robot, they are uh, quite like in the younger age. Or- in the less developed, uh, basically uh, neurological conditions, so often they have like like uh, developmental delays. They often do not have a lot of like advanced motor skills in order to be able to basically assemble and combine the robot pieces together th- themselves. So without that, by having already made and tested and ready to use robot, it's basically the added value and the impact that we can create is much. More comparing to uh, basically the other way around. However, a lot of things in terms of like for example, supporting children with autism need some kind of like a physical tools that they can actually work with. In a sense that, for example, you want to train the children on their, uh, for example, motor skills. So you want them to use their hands. You want them to be able to put things together in order to support them to develop this kind of, like, a motor skills. And then this, then this is something that hopefully we can do in the future steps of the development of uh, the package for autism. So beside the robot, which is, for example, conducting the sessions and providing the stimulus to the kids. We may add some kind of like extra gadgets and tools that they are targeting a specific motor skills as a, and a specific basically coordination between the, motor, between the muscles and the brain and facilitate the development of such skills.
0: In terms of your personal forecast, uh, which key functions, features and possibilities you see as a future of social robotics for autism spectrum maybe in five years perspective?
1: I would say that uh, the most important thing that needs to be developed is some kind of the flexible approach that the robot would have to the kids and then be able to somehow adjust the behaviors at the same time that they are interacting with the kids. So for the moment basically how we do it is that we allow the robot to work under the supervision of an adult such as for example like a therapist or a caregiver or a parent. In a sense that the adult has the possibility to adjust the behavior of the robot on the spot that it's interacting with the children but in long term a lot of these things can be a little bit automatized that for example like even an adult who doesn't know a lot about for example how to deliver this special educations and what would be the best decision when interacting with the children then in the future we can somehow automatize this kind of like uh, adjustments in the robot that for example it can uh, make some kind of like adjustments itself by, for example, analyzing the behavior of the child or analyzing the position of the child, the facial expression of the child, and then modify how it presents the materials, or for example, or can uh, change the direction of the session to make it more appealing and engaging and proper for individualized uh, individual uh, who are working with the robot.
0: And my last question. What would you say families, institutions, and organization who currently uh, stay away from robotics due to some maybe fears or lack of awareness, so what would you say in order to make an interest in this technology and implement an adopted technology for the institution or families and kids?
1: So there is a lot of like different layers of like challenge for, for, let's say, for example, a professional who wants to adopt a robot for their uh, day-to-day life. So the first challenge is that, okay, like, I am an educator or a therapist or a psychologist and I have zero technical uh, capacities. So basically, at the first uh, point, think about a robot, they often think about something very sophisticated and it needs, like, three engineers to be able to use it. But it's very important to know that uh, the technology is progressing in a sense that, for example, in the same way that the computers were for very, for example, high-level skilled Uh, programmers and then they became like a consumer product that regardless of your technology background you completely are somehow like using it on a daily basis the robots are gradually becoming the same thing so for example for me as a medical doctor without having any technical knowledge using the robot is somehow similar to using a computer or a, a smartphone rather than something very technical. So I think this is the first thing that makes people a little bit reluctant, so they think that they need to do some kind of like a intensive trainings on how to use the robot, which is not the case, at least in terms of using Q2 robot. And then the second important thing is that it's the matter of um, basically evidence, and it's the matter of, for example, like uh, the if the robot has enough evidence to show that it's a good solution to be used for example for children with autism. So it's often like people think that the robot is going to basically completely change the way that the um, uh, evidence-based practices are being implemented and used. But in reality this is not the case, so basically how we see the robot is as somehow as a tool to actually facilitate the delivery of such evidence-based practices. So what we have seen is that uh, when people start using QT, they do not see it as a disruption in the way that they work, but they see it as a tool to actually accelerate and increase the effect of the therapies that they are delivering or the education that they are delivering. So. Basically it's just a tool that increase the attention of the children, increase their collaboration, increase their basically willingness to take part in the session practice more often. And the things that they are working with the kids do not affect by using a robot. It just increases the attention of the children. And then the last thing that I think it's, it's very important is the matter that, for example, like, Not the therapist themselves. So basically, like the therapists do not feel that they are going to be replaced, for example, by a robot. But a lot of people who are not, you know, they don't have like an in-depth knowledge about what is a a specialized education or what is a therapy setting. They think that okay, like starting using a robot means, for example, replacement of the therapist. But in reality, this is actually opposite of that one because you have very limited number of professionals who have the knowledge to work with the children and the knowledge to basically um, assess the children and understand what can help each individual. And then in reality there's a lot of children who practically do not have access to these professionals. So the task of the robot and job of the robot is not to replace these professionals, but actually to leverage their capacity to be able to deliver this kind of like a, a specialized education to a larger number of the children and more frequent to each child. So let's say if a child is visiting a professional just once per week, we know that it's not very effective and it's not going to change the trajectory of the life of the child by this just one hour, let's say, per week. So by using a robot, the same professional can supervise and support a larger number of the children and deliver more number of like hours for each child to hopefully see a better result rather than having a robot replace them.